Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is our number two. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That's Frank Stanfield. I am Greg Sussman. I like that we switched the openings today, so I have to do it. Was yeah, great. I knew you weren't going to be here for the start, so I said, Bavona, please just put Metallica at the start, because I'm not singing loud, Greg. Oh, man, that was great. That's normally standard uh, no Greg Sussman protocol. Oh, that was awesome. We're joined right now. Today, to talk, excited about his Giants, excited about his Rockies. It's a big day for the closer, Chris Venture. What's up, Chris? What's up, guys? How you doing? It's your boy, the closer. Um, and, you know, I am excited about the Giants, but at the same time, I'm worried that they're going to make valuable mistakes. Well, I'm hoping you can go up to Saquon tonight and be like, yo, boy, bro, what do you think about Dan Jones? Yeah, like... I'm excited uh, for that. Are we serious about that, Saquon? You know what I mean? Like, are we really going to take Daniel Jones at 17 or whatever? Like, I'm not, I don't want that. Nobody wants that. It's not going to happen at 17. It's going to happen at 6, Venture. No, 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 no. no. That's, you that, can't. We I, can't. I saw a few reports about that, Greg. Unless this kid's barely the Giants a, are just trying to get the Redskins to trade up. They're probably playing games. The Giants and the Redskins duking it out for Daniel Jones is that's just primetime comedy, in my opinion. <laughs> it's it's primetime. I don't think they're doing it. I don't it believe happening. it. Yeah, I don't believe I don't, it. I, I, think it's, I don't believe that. I think that you he's a second you round don't want to believe it because you're a Giants fan. No, no, no. no. I, I believe the Redskins want to trade up. And I think they're going to. And I think they want Haskins. I don't think they want Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, and, and the Giants. We're going to find out. This, I think, and it seems like we say this every year, but it seems like this year more than ever, Greg, the early round, like the top 10, or even up to where the Redskins are is 15, completely unpredictable. So I don't, I don't know if that's true. Did you see the odds from Kyler Murray going first dropped all the way down? They were like minus 2,800. Now it's like plus minus 450, right? Not, I'm sorry, minus 450. I saw it get as low as like minus two eighty. I thought I, was, I saw it. I didn't see that yet. But yeah, so no. it it dropped significantly. So nobody really knows what's going on. It's mm-hmm. crazy. The, the, more, more than ever before. Like normally we don't really know, but there's some quarterbacks at the top that you know they're going to go. You kind of know which teams are going to trade up, but it's, it's just very all. It over could the go place. anywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, right now I'm looking at something that has the giant taking Rashawn Gary defensive that's lineman. That's, but that's not going to happen now either because he's he, you know, he's got a shoulder injury. So, okay, so if Josh Allen goes to, let's say, the Raiders at four. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Josh Allen's not going to the Raiders. That's not happening either. That's what I'm seeing right here. I know. But I don't know. A, what, 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 speculation. How many weeks ago is this mock? This is recent. This is uh, like a couple days ago. That's ah, um, too long ago. <laughs> Devin yeah. White to Tampa Bay at That's five. Cool. These things are changing by the hour. It's crazy. Like, I mean, just the information that gets out is really changing. Nothing really, yeah. nothing in itself is changing. Do you think the Giants can get either Allen or White? Because I think that's what they should. I, do. I, I think I think it depends on the Jets, right? That to that question, assuming Kyler Murray goes first, right? 
Nick Bosa goes, goes second. second. Going on record, you think Quinnen Kyler Williams. Murray goes first? I'm saying if Kyler Murray goes first. Right. You think he does? Yes. I do. And I think they trade Josh Rosen. And they have if they do it, they, they have, have to, to do it before, but they have to do it before the draft. You can't draft Murray and then trade, and then trade Rosen because all your leverage is gone. Absolutely. So it'll be Mike before the here yesterday, and he, you know, he had some speculation that he thinks the NFL is probably tell, telling them to wait out on a trade if they have something ready. I agree. Yeah. So uh, then the Jets would take Quinn and Williams. Like Schefter, like Schefter, one second, tweeted out that on average in the first round over the last three years there's been six trades. He expects to see him that tonight. He no, knows some trades that are going down already. But because of what you're saying, or what Blue was saying, rather, that they want to hold it to make sure the uncertainty is out there. Yeah, and do it during the broadcast so that they could talk about it and, you know, everyone's freaking out about exactly. it on Twitter. Yeah, it'll be... It'll be like, there, there is stuff that is, I'm sure, I'm quite sure, agreed to. It just hasn't gotten out yet. And I'm hoping one of those is Josh Rosen on the Giants. <laughs> I love how enamored I am with a quarterback that sucked last year. I am enamored with this guy. I want him bad. Rosen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's the best quarterback in the draft. It's not in the draft. Right, yes. He's, and he's basically like in the draft because he's out there for people. Correct. They want You're not him. telling me you, want, you don't want to spend the 37th overall pick on Josh Rosen? I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Done. It might cost more than that, though, right? Like, what if the, if the Redskins are offering 15 for him, then obviously you guys are screwed. Unless you offer 17. Right. Something else, whatever. 17 and a fourth. Guys have 12 picks. They should be able to go get him. Yeah. Yeah. Should be able to. If, that's, would, if that's their guy. I'll tell you. How pumped would you be? I would be pumped. Absolutely. So pumped. Because then we could get. You know, they can get a defender and an right, lineman. Right. Boom. Now we're, we're set for the future. Giants, we are, Giants are in business. <laughs> we're in business. Boom. Big boom. bang. Boom. Two years away from the playoffs. We love Dave Gettleman again. Next year we'll be in the playoffs. 20, exactly. 2020. We're 100%. in the playoffs. 2020. Couldn't agree more adventure. There you go. Come on. Daniel Jones, I wouldn't even want with the 37th pick. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I agree. Are you kidding I need, me? I need Jim Day around to, to talk, I agree. talk some sense into Sense? Nah, but Jim Day would agree with us. Yeah, he don't want Daniel Jones. He doesn't want Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins. He's in a, we're all in the chosen one. Yeah, yeah. Rosen. Josh Rosen is the chosen, chosen one. And I'd be okay with Drew Locke. Same. At 17. Venture and I are in the same boat. Yeah. Never thought I'd say it. All righty. We're riding together. Get a great defensive player happens. with the first pick, and then you get Drew Locke. And we're, I have, we're I have the latest go. mock draft, Greg. This was done from four who? hours ago from Pete Prisco. This could All right, that counts. CBS. That counts. CBS Sports. Uh-huh. He has it six. Yeah. You're not going to like this. The Giants taking Jonah Williams. Uh, okay. I'm all right with that. You're right with that. I'm all right with anybody not named Daniel Jones. I've, I've seen some uh, some bad mixed reports. Maybe not bad. Bad's not the right word. Uh, mixed reports regarding Jonah Williams. A lot of people thought he was a top offensive lineman in this draft, and mm-hmm. then you know they kind of mixed up their opinions on him. Is he going to be a tackle? Is he going to be a center? Is he going to be a guard? He might be able to move around, but is he is he actually a long term you know option tackle? In the NFL, uh, yeah, there's there's some uh, you know there, there's some worry well, about that. Like I just think that, that we should go defense just because I know that there's just a great defensive players right where the Giants are picking, and I would be happy with any of these guys to be honest. Pete Prisco also has the Cardinals taking Nick Bosa first overall, and the uh, the Miami Dolphins trading up to eight for Kyler Murray. The Giants pass on Kyler Murray at six. I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah, you want Murray? Let's see what they do. What yeah, do I want Murray. <laughs> He's not going to vote. But how about six, this? Though. But if I tell you they get Jonah Williams at six and Drew Locke at seventeen, but they pass on Kyler Murray, are you cool with that? Because that's what Pete Prisco has happening. Here. I don't think that happens. I think Pete Prisco is wrong. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are going to be wrong. Obviously. So here's my so here's my issue with mock drafters in general, especially now in the in the information world that we live in. I trust the beat reporters that have these sources within the organization that around the team 12 months a year. More. More than a guy like Pete Prisco, Mel Kuyper, Daniel Jeremiah. Aren't, they, aren't the beat reporters putting that information out there? Now one person I've seen says Jonah Williams. 
to the Giants at seven, at six. Not one person. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've seen him in the mix. But this is the first sure. mock that I've actually seen that too. I, I've seen him in the mix, but to me, like these these draft nits are really good scouting wise, and like where guys should go, where they do fit, but mm-hmm. they're not necessarily connected to the team. And that's why I I'd lean more on the beat reporters, and that's the only reason why Daniel Jones is a thing is because he is connected to the team. Correct. In some way. And I think that's stu- that's just how is he connected to them? He's he's done Duke. something with the with so the, Daniel Jones is with the Manning camp, right? Daniel like so Locke went to the Manning camp as well. Okay. But Daniel Jones went to the Manning camp twice. His head coach is David Cutliffe. Cutliffe was Eli's head coach at Ole Miss. He was also Peyton's offensive coordinator oh, at Tennessee. They have all this kind of So the Giants are drafting Daniel Jones. Oh man. Yeah, and don't you dare think differently, Greg. I'd cry. Yeah, I'd cry, you're just gonna throw things. Yeah. I'd be emotional. Well, don't break anything here tonight because I know you're going to be around. Yeah. Wait till you get home and break something. Yeah, I can't break this. Uh, then I'd really cry. <laughs> Maybe like, take Jeff Skeleton downstairs cameras. with you. Give him like a sweet chin music or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that works. He's like, oh, Daniel <laughs> Jones. Bah, pop Jeff's head off. <laughs> All right, Greg. Let's get back to baseball. Yeah. Oh, I got another Rockies. Oh, I got something for you, Frank. You, What's up? You're starting Trevor Bauer at Houston against me. It's Trevor Bauer, man. In fantasy? No, I don't like to start pitchers against Houston, but yeah. you got to start your studs, man. You gotta, I know, no, I'm just saying. Gotta, thanks, just saying. thanks for actually reminding me. I got to, I got to make sure that my lineup is set. Appreciate yeah. that. We're in a tight little five-two match. It's a weird five-two. Yeah. I, I we have, I a, lot we have a lot of ties going on. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of ties. Yeah, so I have Trevor Bauer going against Houston. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Last night for Colorado, your boy, Herman Marquez, seven innings, three-run ball, walk two, allowed eight hits. Struck out seven. Good performance. Quality performance yeah. from Herman Marquez. At home, tough spot uh, against Washington. He'd love to see what he did at home. Uh, Wade Davis pitched to one batter. Struck him out for his third save of the season. Anibal Sanchez, predictably, got bombed in this one. While Charlie Blackman hit his third home run, mm-hmm. and Juan Soto hit his fourth. Don't look now, the Rockies. Rockies on the hot. come up. Hot. Come up, yeah. Hot. Love them. Let's go. He's, uh, As they get healthy. Murphy in the lineup. They're 11 and 14. Well, they're hot. Though. But they were bad. They were. Yeah, they they were start off real bad. Real bad to start. So, Herman Marquez, this is back-to-back starts in Coors Field. Rockies are 8-2 in their last 10. That is good. That is, they're hot yeah, in that regard. Uh, but Marquez, really, really uh, promising performance here against a solid Nationals lineup. They don't have Anthony Rendon. They don't have Trey Turner, obviously. But uh, they still have some good hitters in there. Give you a quality start and a strikeout per inning. I think uh, most people will take that from him here. Uh, I think most people will take anything quality from him when it comes to Coors Field. And I think whenever he's on the road, he might be able to dominate. But if, if as long as he's, when he's in Coors Field, you get quality starts out of him, Ventra, mm-hmm. I think you're perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Herman Marquez owner. You're getting what you paid for, right? I mean, you, you did have to draft him a little higher than, you know, some people might like because of the Coors Field thing, but... You know, I think he's for real, and I think he's proven it time and time again. So, I mean, if this is the, you know, the average start he's going to give you in Coors Field, I'll take it. I will absolutely take it, and, you know, you're, you paid for it, and it, it's paying off. How about this, Greg? In five out of six starts from Herman Marquez, he's given you at least a strikeout per inning. And in five out of six starts, he's allowed three earned runs or less. Yeah. The one start was at home against the Braves, five earned runs. Everything else, he's been really good. He's been very good. Can't complain. It's an L for me at the moment. Yeah, so he's got a 2.54 ERA mm-hmm. and a 3.55 XFIP. Hey, man, if he pitches to even a mid to high 3 RA, but gives you close to 200 strikeouts, yeah. 
You know, he's a little bit below a K per, uh, a K per inning right now, 8.5 Ks per nine, but pretty good command, 2.3 walks per nine, fine with that. The, the strand rate is a little bit high right now, but gives you 51% ground ball rate. Overall, the skills have been pretty good for, uh, for Marquez to start the year. Yeah. Maybe he can reach 200-plus uh, case. Your boy Danny Murphy returned to the lineup, Frank. Right back in there in the three-hole playing first base. Went one for four with a walk and a run scored. Uh, Nolan Arenado continues his scorching week. Uh, David Dahl was three for five in this one Ooh. hole, middle of the order. And again, it was Ryan McMahon in there at second base uh, for the Colorado Rockies. No Garrett Hampson to be found. Hampson. Hi. Giving him the Dame Lillard wave goodbye, Greg. Did you like that in the recap yesterday? Not it hurts. Really. I liked it more when Dame Lillard did it. <laughs> Dame Dollar. You, you never commented on it yesterday. Facts. Like, man, you must have not liked it. Because the recap was like six minutes long, so. Like, oh, so you're annoyed. Yeah, it was like really good. Uh, Why'd you have to record a six-minute NBA recap? Well, because there, there were four games yesterday. Yeah. All playoff yeah, games. Yeah. It was Dame. Uh, I thought elimination I, game. Yeah. No, it was sick. I mean, it was a sick game. I stood up just to watch the end. I was like losing my mind. I thought my my you, vibe, I thought you were gonna like the recap yesterday. It was fine, Greg. It was a nice little touch. I liked it better <laughs> when Dame Lillard did it, though. <laughs> I think. Uh, did you do that, Greg? When you scored a career high thirteen points in in your in your basketball camp? camp? Um, I did not. I, I I did not. I did in the not first hour, we were talking about how bad Greg is at basketball, and he he dropped a career high thirteen points once. Uh, he's a jail ball type player where he's going to hack the crap out of you. Yeah. Pride not hack, play defense. defense. Yeah, I'm not yeah, it's definitely definitely over-aggressive yeah. defense. No, I don't get a lot of fouls. Are, are you a similar player? Yeah, I'm a defensive player. Yeah. <laughs> Hacker. <laughs> rebounder. Exactly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, fans are going to basketball. Man. No, I'm not. You're I'm, I'm sitting here talking about fantasy baseball. I'm tri- clearly not that good at basketball. You want to give me some trivia? Is that, is that what you're looking for now? What are you talking Trivia about what? The world. <laughs> oh, Greg wants to pump himself back up now. He's like, well, you want to talk about what you're good at. I want to talk about what I'm good at. Who sailed Trivia the ocean politics. blue? Who sailed the ocean blue? Speaking of which. Do you know what? Okay. On the morning after. Here we go. On the morning, wait, wait. No, no, no. On the morning after today, Gabe said he wants to bring you in studio. For geography? With yeah. a map. And he's going to point out countries. And you have to tell him which country it is. All right. I can do that. Do you know what Christopher Columbus's ships were named? Nina Pinta Santa Maria. My man! I, was, I only know that because uh, <laughs> it's from, what is it from? Step Brothers. <laughs> Come on. Oh, it's nose. <laughs> the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa, Santa Maria. Maria. <laughs> That's the only reason why I know it. <laughs> like these, this is the information that I retained. The other day, I was quoting the movie Grandma's Boy, and Kinga was, she's, what are you, do, what are you saying to me? <laughs> like, Really? You can't just quote Grandma's Boy. It's the best movie ever made. I mean, it's good, but these, it's not. So these are the things that stick in my mind. Grandma's Boy, <laughs> Step Brothers. Comedy. U- useless information. Rom-coms. No, not rom-coms. Not rom-coms. Comedies. 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 Yeah, yeah. Comedies. I love movies like that. Rinal Tapia continued his hot streak, by the way. Uh, two or four with three movies uh, in yeah, this What are we world. doing with Tapia right now, Greggy? Great question, Frankie. Great, great question. Everybody's healthy now. And he continues to play because he's hot. Who would Desmond. you rather stash, Tapia or Michael Chavis? Fair question. Fair question. I don't know how I feel about Chavis. I would say Tapia, actually. So Tapia is 4% owned and Michael Chavis is 9% owned in Yahoo. I think they're both good stashes, obviously. You get exposure to the Red Sox lineup. And the Rockies lineup. Chavis has a lot of prospect pedigree. Mm-hmm. And then you get exposure to Coors Field with Tapia. Mm-hmm. And at some point, both players are going to have teammates who are returning 
I mean, we're already seeing Daniel Murphy return, David Dahl return. Right. And so he's still it's playing. about to get crowded for Colorado. Mm-hmm. Well, who who else are we waiting for here? Nobody. We're Nobody. not waiting for anyone else. Nobody. But, but they're still going to work Ian Desmond in, unless they're only playing Ian Desmond against left-handed pitching now. I think the yeah, is, is that what we're trending towards? Yeah. I told I, I thought it all along that Desmond would be like a, a platoon guy because he's just not getting it done as an everyday player. So who would you rather have, Chavis or, or Rymel Tapia? That's a, that's a tough question. I think Chavis. I like them both, man. Yeah, I do. I, I like Chavis a little more, I think. I, I think Chavis has a, a lot of upside. Tapia's red hot, though. I know. I, I'm not going to own either right now. Yeah. But uh, so Tapia has at least one hit in four straight games. He had a multi-hit game yesterday. He has three home runs in his last four games. He's got... Seven RBIs in his last four games. He's hot, man. And as long as he's performing, they're going to put him in the lineup. Yeah, I don't know. I think Hampson's going to get in there eventually. I would, I would probably take Chavis, but I like both. Like, if someone already owns Chavis in your league and you want someone else to stash, I'll take Tapia. Or even in a, in a head-to-head league, a daily league. And, you know, when Tapia's in the lineup, you get him in there, especially at home in Coors Field. Mm-hmm. I like both of those guys. When we come back, we give you an update from Arizona where... Interesting pl- player he was in right field both yesterday and today for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I want to talk about him and what his value could be in fantasy leagues. Plus, more more draft stuff too. Stick around. Fantasy BFFs rolls on after this. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Scout Fantasy Sports This guy's not an ace, but man, man, no, it's Syndergaard He's just frustrating to watch right now Because you look at his stuff and you wonder, how is this guy not better? He should be more dominant than he is. You know, his ERA is sitting at 5.90 right now, but the FIP is 2.92. His strand rate is 50.3%. I mean, that is absolutely unlucky. 346 Babbitt. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Chris Ventra, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman all hanging out with you. And I mentioned before that someone really interesting 
was out there in the outfield for the Arizona Diamondbacks in their 11-2 victory in Pittsburgh uh, last night. Do you know who that was, Venture? In the outfield? In the outfield. Um, oh, look. I wasn't really trying to look. Okay. I was just looking at something else. I, I think I know who you're going to say. Who? Is it Swihart? Blake Swihart started in right field yesterday and today. Mm-hmm. They went over five yesterday with three strikeouts. Yeah. But if he starts getting everyday playing time, Blake Swihart is catcher eligible everywhere. Mm-hmm. Playing in the outfield. Every day. Well, it, not every Will day. it be every day? That's the question. All I can tell you is it's at least the last two days. I'll tell you, if, if it does become every day, you, you almost have to own a guy, a catcher, eligible guy that plays every day. Especially in two catchers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, because you're, you're looking at at-bats, and he's going to have at a bat. decent upside, at so, least in Chase Field. He's hitting in relatively in the middle of the line. So seven. why, so is, he why is he playing? Why has he played back-to-back days? Marte's been the regular center fielder. Today, there's no Adam Jones in the lineup. He's just their typical right fielder, I believe. He didn't put. He's dealing with a slight injury right now. He, played, so he didn't start yesterday. He pinched pinch hit. hit. No, I'm sorry. He did start yesterday. He started. Oh, he, you're right. I'm sorry. He pinched hit. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Marte played center. Get, or did he get pulled yesterday? No, Adam Jones. No, he came in. I came thought. in. Maybe as a defensive replacement. Oh, he didn't have an at bat. That's what it was. Or so, Eduardo even, even when he came in as a defensive replacement. Replacement. They moved Blake Swihart to left field. Right. They kept him in the game. But Gerard Dyson got the start today in left field. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't think that Swihart's going to play every day. But he's going to play more than most second catchers, I would assume, in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he bat sixth in the lineup yesterday. Where is he today, Greg? He is sixth in the lineup. So... You know, he's relatively he's in gotta, the middle of a good lineup, not a or the back lineup. end of a uh, kind of the back. He's got to get hits though. Yes, Look, he hasn't <laughs> performed at the major league level. That's that's part of the reason why the Red Sox cut him, and they've tr- they tried to transition him into kind of the super utility player where he could be a catcher. Uh, they can use him in the outfield a little bit, maybe some first base. Right. They've, they've tried to do everything uh, with Blake Swire. I still feel like they never gave him a fair shot at playing every single day. You look at his early career. In the minors, I mean, I'm going back a little bit, but he played 82 games. Last he was a year. good player in, uh, you know, in in 2013, 298 batting average, in 2014, 293 batting average, 2015, 321 batting average. This is a guy who hit for solid batting average, 13 home runs back in 2014, and then you know, since 2015 on, he's kind of bounced between the minors and the majors. Mm-hmm. Never really given a fair shake. I don't know that he has as much upside as everyone thinks that he. Does or he did at some point as a catcher? Maybe yeah, I think he got yeah. a little overhyped because he was a catcher and right. he was a solid offensive catcher. Right. He also has like really cool tattoos, so maybe people are buying into that. Yes, he got a nice little arm sleeve. But <laughs> I do agree with you that let's say he plays three or four games a week as an outfielder, he still has catcher eligibility. And mm-hmm. I think in two catcher leagues, you mm-hmm. have to pay attention to someone like that. So I think it's a fair point. Even if, listen, if he gets a lot of playing time. He could be playing as much as the best catcher in the MLB. Sure. And then that makes him just a little bit more valuable just because, you know, at-bats mean a lot, especially in uh, points leagues. So I think, you know, he could have more than just a second catcher value, you know, value. I think he could maybe even crack the top 12 if he's hitting, though. He's got to hit a little better than nothing. Greg, stop <laughs> me if you heard this before, but sure. uh, Eduardo Escobar 
Three hits last night. I picked him up. Had now, him in my lineup. Now yeah. up to a 290 batting average. Weren't you debating picking up Eduardo Escobar? I, I had him. I drafted him uh, in my home league, and then I dropped him. He's still available? He's still out there, yeah. You pick him up. Um, pick up Eduardo Escobar. Especially I got in a Beckham. points league, man. I like Beckham. I like Escobar more than Beckham. I love when you fall in love with players like Tim Beckham. <laughs> I'm not in love with Beckham. <laughs> Escobar is better than Beckham, in my opinion. Especially for points leagues. He makes a lot of contact. He hits a lot of doubles. Yeah. He's hitting in an ideal spot in the lineup, and he's hot right now, man. He is. Tim Beckham's kind of cooling off. You're right. I'm I mean, on record. Eduardo Escobar over Tim Beckham. They're, they're similar. They both have third base and shortstop eligibility. You can use them at middle infield, corner infield. I'm picking up Eduardo Escobar wherever I can. I'll right tell now. you right now, he's averaging 3.3 points, and um, even with Beckham cooling off, he's averaging like 3.7. So, like, I love that, that power. That, what, he, that what has he done over the past two weeks? Can you look at just the past two weeks? Yeah. Oh, so I, w- I would imagine Tim Beckham's like fantasy points per game over the past two weeks have probably plummeted. Oh yeah, they're not. I mean, not plummeted. For it to be three point six overall, I mean, he was really hot early on in the season. Mm-hmm. And he's he's cooled off. He's cooled off, tremendous. but then he last fourteen days, Tim Beckham is nine for forty four with two runs scored, a home run, five ribbies, with an average of two oh five. Yeah. Hmm. He, so I'll give you the last fourteen days for Eduardo Escobar. That would be seventeen for forty six. Nine runs, three homers, ten ribbies, three seventy batting. Average. Seems better. Yes, it's de- he's, he's definitely, definitely doing hotter better. Hotter. Now. That's the thing, though. I think Beckham could also just bounce back and and you know not do what he did at the very beginning, but be somewhere in the middle. He's streaky. Um, right. I think Eduardo Escobar is going to be more consistent. And isn't that what you want in points leagues? You want a little bit more consistency. Yeah. And a streaky player. But here's the thing: it's my third baseman is a hole. So like Eduardo uh, Eduardo Escobar at the beginning of the season was was horrible. He wasn't doing anything. And giving me, like, basically two points in a whole week. I, I can't have that. So I had to drop him. Now, Beckham's still giving me points here and there. Like, on the 23rd, he had four points. He had two. He was two for four with two RBIs. So I think that he could be more consistent. I think he cooled off a lot, and that was expected. But I think he could be a little bit more consistent and be like Eduardo Escobar, and they could be on the same level. I'm not going to just, you know, pick up Eduardo Escobar and keep dropping guys who's hot and who's... Like, I'm going to hold on to Beckham for a little while. Because I also have Kingery waiting in the wings. And the rest of my offense is so stacked that I don't really care... About under, you know, below average production from third base. Like, I'm not super concerned with that right now. You know what I mean? Right. It's about roster construction right now to me. That's fair. And if Beckham could give You'll, me a home run or two in a week, you're that's showing nice. faith in your guys. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. I'm going to show a little faith in Beckham. You text me when you, uh, when you pick up Eduardo Escobar. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe. I might. I don't know. There's a lot of good third basemen, though. I mean, he, he's not the only one. Yeah, you, Eduardo Escobar, though. Short, shortstop eligible. Is I have Lindor. All right. He's never going to see shorts up. Never going <laughs> to see shorts. Never going to see never. Uh, I mentioned yesterday, Rugnet Odor going to go out on the rehab assignment. He did that last night, so he could be coming back uh, for Texas. Elvis Rodgers didn't play last night as he was still recovering from the injury from a couple days ago. We'll see if he's back in the lineup um, next time this team plays. For Oakland last night, Piscotty goes two for four. Marcus Simeon hit his fourth home run. And Matt Chapman, who you were on and then off and on and then off. Eighth home run of the season for Matt Chapman, batting 311 with a 407 OBP. Yeah, Matt Chapman is awesome. And I, I remember very vividly when we were doing the third base preview, I said, this guy made significant gains last year, and I'm in. I like. I wanted to be in, but I was a little bit concerned about the shoulder, the thumb injury. But as we got closer to draft uh, season, you know, the past, the final couple of weekends before the season started, uh, he was playing in spring training, so I moved him up. I moved him up my rankings, and... 
Uh, I was bullish. I was bullish on Matt Chapman, and he's been awesome to start the year. Everything that you could want from him. I mean, eight home runs, 18 ribbies. He's batting 311. How about this? This is the biggest key. It's just insane. This is a guy who struck out over 30% of the time in the minor leagues. Last year, 23.7% K rate. This season, Greg, 10%. 10% K rate for Matt Chapman. And he's walking... 13% of the time, 311 batting average, 14. 407 OBP, 1,041 1, OPS, <laughs> hitting the ball hard. He's right around 40% hard hit rate, 42% fly ball rate. That Chapman's the real deal. Yeah. He is. I'm just going to go out and say it. As long as he stays healthy, he's the real deal. Yeah. I think he's going to be the next superstar third baseman, like Josh Donaldson. Nolan Arenado type? Uh... He's throwing some comps to Nolan Arenado because of his defense. His defense is really yes. good. But uh, now the offense is coming, too. I think he could be a 30 to 35 homer guy that drives in over 100, scores 100. Um, that sounds like Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Well, Arenado's going to also probably yeah. drive in 125 and score 115. Like, he puts up monster numbers because he's in Colorado, and he could hit 40 homers. I don't know if Chapman could get to 40 just yet, but I think yeah, he'll I be a so. star. Probably because of where he plays, you know, in Oco. Yeah. It's a bigger park. But, you know, we talked about Fernando Tatis in the first hour, and he's, if he keeps up pace like this, he's going to be a top-three-round pick next year. I can see, this, I can see something similar yeah. happening with Matt Chapman. I think he's, he's becoming elite next year. Before our eyes. And I'm not selling high. I love it. I'm buying in. No, no, no. I'm completely in Do on not that. Sell. Yeah, don't sell. Anything else in regards to oh. A's Rangers? Uh, no more Mazzara Who's, hit two games. Yeah. I know he's kind of been in and out of the lineup, and... Overall, hasn't been great. Batting 219. Yeah. We've been waiting a while now for Nomar Mazzara, man. I think he's going to do it, though. I'm not saying he's, he's been saying be great. that for a while. Yeah. I mean, if there's ever he's a year still to so do young. it, it's this year with this juice ball where everyone's hitting bombs. I think Tommy LaSella has, like, six home runs. Tommy LaSella. Which is just crazy. But I think if there's ever a year that Nomar Mazzara can kind of put together the 25 home run season that we've been waiting for, he's been 20-20-20. Right. His first three seasons, 20 homers, 20 homers, 20 homers. You know, he's been consistent between a 253 and 266 batting average, but he hasn't done enough. He's a 746 OPS player for his career. But you have to realize, though, okay? okay that's, he hasn't done enough. It's not, a, it's not enough for, uh, for a guy in his prime, right? But this, we're talking about a kid who came up at, you know, 21, 20 years old. He's 23. He's gonna be. He's gonna be tomorrow. He'll be twenty four. But he's got eighteen hundred plate appearances at, in the major leagues. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we forget how young better. the guy is, though. He's at still so young, he, and he has time to do that still. And I think yeah. you see two, yesterday two, two homers. Maybe he's starting to figure it out. Listen, when a guy comes in at twenty years old, twenty one years old, hard to to do well in the major leagues. It's a big. It's a tall task. You know what I mean? He's always struggled mightily with left handed pitching. That's what's kind of kept me off of. Omar Mazzara the past couple of years. I want guys who are going to play every day. You don't have to worry about platoons. For the most part, he does play every day, but he doesn't perform well against left-handed Lefties, pitching. Yeah. So that's been a big issue for Omar Mazzara. And just the, the unwillingness to try and hit more fly balls, try and hit more line drives. This is a guy who, for his career, he's right around 50% ground ball rate. So we say that about a lot of guys. Look at Christian Yelich this year, starting to lift the ball a little bit more and look at what he's done, right? So... In this day and age where the juice ball, it seems like if you lift something, it's seemingly going to be a home run uh, once every once, once every four fly balls that you hit. That's what it seems like it is. Um, I would like to see Nomar Mazzara start doing that. But overall, I don't have any shares. Me neither. I haven't really been a big fan of Nomar Mazzara. 
Uh, and maybe he breaks out this year. If he does, it's going to be on someone else's team just because, again, that unwillingness to— Keep uh, him on the watch list, Frank. Keep him on the But he's owned, though. I mean, well, I mean, there's some leagues where he's not owned. 12, 12 and 10-team leagues, he might not be owned. He's 65% owned. Really? So it's probably just 10-team leagues. Anything mm-hmm. deeper, like 12 teams or deeper, I mean, no more Mazar is owned. I, don't who, mind. Who, I have a question. Who is Dowdy? <laughs> <laughs> that's, Dowdy. That, that's the latest uh, Texas Rangers starting pitcher. Oh, man. Their, their pitching's Kyle awful. Dowdy, 26 years old. Kyle, Kyle Dowdy. Kyle Dowdy. Kyle Dowdy? <laughs> he's just a reliever. I think it's more like a bullpen game. Oh, they're doing that? Yeah. I don't even think it was an Greg, opener. Greg used to play game. basketball with Kyle Dowdy. I did not. Yeah? <laughs> Kyle Dowdy. You outscored him? <laughs> must have. He's got a 3.99 ERA in the minors. Mm, 365 innings pitch. He had a 5.15 ERA this year. All right. Well, let's well, always we're moving on. Let's Dowdy. Hey, you asked me a question. I'm trying to answer it. Cole Hamels versus Walker Bueller last night. Very similar lines. Hamels went five and a third, three hits, three runs, six walks. Not very good. Seven strikeouts. Walker Bueller went five and two thirds, allowed three runs, four hits, only walked two, but also only struck out one. Venture, you've been on record saying you would trade away Walker Bueller right now for Tyler Glass. Now, you said at the beginning of the week, and I have to imagine this performance uh, makes you feel the same way. Did I say you trade away Bueller for Glass now? He said that I said a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, okay. I said I said I would sell high on glass now and try to get a Walker Bueller. Oh, I, I thought think. it was the other way. You, you said I'm sorry. It could have been the other way. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. But either way, I thought that was something that you could do. Uh, but I wouldn't like. Listen, uh, I, I'm in on on Bueller like you guys. I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. This is a really good lineup. The Cubs. They have a lot of power. A lot of one strikeout though. Yeah, I, I, that, that's a little worrisome. But I think he could pick that back up. You know, I think that's something. Listen, he's not going to end up with 200 strikeouts and 200 innings, I don't think. But he might end up with, you know, 180 and 200 innings. Even though I don't think he's probably going to pitch 200 innings. Yeah, I don't think he's going to pitch 200 innings. <laughs> I don't think he's so he's got 24 innings, innings pitched right now. Uh, Steamer and the bat have him for 136 and 137 innings pitched, respectively, for the rest of the season. So that would put him right around 160 innings pitched. And I know that there was a chance that we that's what we could have got from Walker Buehler, Greg. But I would say for the most part, people who drafted Walker Bueller, they were expecting more than 160 innings. They thought he could make another jump up. It's because we paid 180, for him. 190 right. innings pitch. We had Modica on before the season, and he was on record saying you know, he could get up to that 180 pitch threshold. Uh, so if he only gives you 160 innings pitch, Greg, it's you know that's not what you wanted. As your your third or fourth round pick, as your SP one or your SP two, yeah, it's not what you wanted. But that's the thing you paid so much. He's almost basically elite. You pay that, that's what you paid for. Basically, out of the, right out of the top, what fifteen? Basically, you yeah, I, had, I had him ranked as my fifteen starting. There you go. So that's what I mean. Something right around there. You're paying a lot, and you're hoping for the best. And he only did what he pitched last year: 130 something innings. So you, the next jump is probably 170, 180. Yeah, but with with the minors last year and the postseason. He got up around 170, I think. 170? So he had, let's see here. He had 137 in the majors. He had 13 in the minors, so that's 150. And then in the postseason, he had 23. So 173. 173. Total. Yeah. So he jumped from like 98 the year before. He was below 100, and he jumped all the way up to 173. So the next jump you would think might be 200. But, But I think we're starting to see some of these residual effects. We knew... You know, we got that report during spring training regarding Walker Bueller that he was dealing with the dead arm and he's behind schedule. It was kind of a similar situation to Chris Sale. 
Doesn't surprise me because both teams went far in, into the World Series, deep into the postseason. So they were pitching later than everyone else, and they got a later start in spring training than everyone else. But I think we're starting to see some residual effects here regarding Walker Bueller. Mm-hmm. I mean, one strikeout is not going to get it. I don't care that you're facing the Cubs. you got to give me more than one strikeout. And his start before that... So angry at him. The, the start before that, we, we kind of thought that was the one that was riding the ship. Yep. Because he had eight strikeouts against the Cardinals. That's yeah. a really good Cardinals lineup. To me, Greg, Walker Bueller is one, one of the hardest guys to no, figure he, out. Because he faced Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. you're correct. Yeah, so that actually is uh, an easier lineup to face. The start before that against the Cardinals two starts ago was not good. But uh, on April 17th against the, the Reds, he did have the eight strikeouts, and he performed well there. So yeah. we kind of saw that as a... Uh, as a stepping stone, that he was getting better. But the swinging strike rate, Greg, down this year, people not chasing his pitches. How about this? His chase rate last year, 32.6%. This year, 21.8%. It's dropped 11%. His first pitch strike percentage, down 11%. So he's not establishing the strike zone early on. He's not getting ahead in counts. They're laying off pitches outside the strike zone. I looked into his pitch usage. The velocity's still fine across the board. Yeah. But overall... Just not using his uh, sinker and cutter as much. Not throwing his curveball. Yeah. He's a hard one to figure out. Can anyone say sophomore slump? Possibly. I don't know that I could confidently say that he's a buy low right now. Be nervous. I have a little bit of worry. About Walker Bueller, according to our own Frank Stample. Take a break. We'll go to the hitting for both these teams, including Alex Verdugo and Belly Bombs again. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. Make it rain. What the Clippers have done and all of these headlines coming from the Lakers, I don't know how any of those guys that are going to come available, Kyrie, Kawhi, Durant, Klay Thompson, Kemba Walker, I don't know how any of them are looking at L.A. and go, yeah, I'd definitely choose the Lakers because you know they're going to go with Ty Lue. So you're going to have Cleveland of the West. Who the hell wants to be a part of that? Certainly these guys don't. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. It's ironic. I've been looking forward to the draft forever, and I got to go to Union City after this to deal oh, with like, right. bills and stuff. Like, it never freaking ends. Can't you steal your neighbor's internet for a little while? You really got to start checking my mailbox more often. That's what I do. Yeah, hello. It's tough, though. You're on the air all the time. I don't even know, like, don't even know where my mailbox is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you must have, like, you have a handler or something? You have a secretary yeah, that takes care of this? I don't even know where it is. I don't have a key. I, I don't know. Don't send me mail, and don't email me. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
final few minutes here, Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Very sad music. Like alternative sad rock. I like it. APM, man. I'll take it. Basically. I'll take it. <laughs> Greg, would you be trying to buy low on Walker Bueller right now? I'm, I have concerns, man. I, I have concerns that like a phantom IL stint could always happen. But what if it's not a fan, like what if he's actually dealing with something? That's why he's not been but great. But Venture's also right. You are facing the Cubs last night. But when they're hot, the heart of their lineup's ridiculous. Very, very tough. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm buying it. And, and I know you guys, you guys are higher on Bueller than I am. And I'll, I'll buy Bueller. Absolutely. So I think he's only going to get better. I'm going to use, so pit, Nick Pollock, pitcherlist.com. Yeah. He does the list every Monday where he ranks top 100 starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. He has Walker Buehler ranked as his 14th starting pitcher. He's moved him down only one spot since the start of the season. Really? People he has just behind him. James Paxton. Would you rather have Paxton or Walker Buehler right now, Greg? Paxton's been amazing the last two starts. He's also had really bad starts. That's a really good question. Really good question. I'd rather have Buehler, I think. I think Bueller's long-term upside is probably better. Like, That's close. Keeper. That's close. I think for redraft, that is I'd close. That's Paxton. really close. I think I take Paxton. What about Jack Flaherty? What about Jack Flaherty? Ah! <laughs> I'd rather Walker Bueller. Yeah, rather Walker Bueller. All right. How about the Jose Barrios, Luis Castillo crew? Oh, Barrios. He has both of those guys ranked uh, behind Walker Buehler right now. Barrios and, mm-hmm. and Castillo? Yeah. I don't see how he could have Buehler ahead of Castillo right now. Castillo's been lights out. Castillo's been way too good to be behind Walker, Walker Buehler right now. Just saying, man. I think something might be, something might be wrong with Walker Buehler that he's kind of holding on to from spring training when he talks about that dead arm and getting started late in spring. So you want to sell? I just kind of have some concerns over here. I think it's too early. But it's, it's a catch-22. It's a catch-22 because say something comes out that he is dealing with an injury and he lands on the IL, then you can't trade him for anything. So yeah. You kind of have to decide now. Right. If you think there's something wrong with Walker Buehler, then you kind of got to trade him now while you can still get one of these guys, once James Paxton or Jack Flaherty. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If he lands on the IL, then you're not getting anything for him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't or know. if he continues to suck, his value is just going to go down. Right. I, I don't even know if you could get a Flaherty right now for a Bueller. And I'd rather have Flaherty. I know you guys said Bueller. I'd rather have Flaherty, I think. I'd rather have Castillo. I'd rather have Barrios right now. I would, I would look into it. I would look into it if I'm a Bueller owner. Because all those guys K a lot of people, and they've been Kaying a lot of people. Bueller, this last start with the 1K, I know it's the Cubs, but still. I don't want to see 1K. That's <laughs> not, you know. Yeah. It's just been a really weird start this season. If you were fortunate enough to pick up some of these other pitchers that went later on in drafts, like Luis Castillo, Tyler Glass now, and you can afford to wait on Walker Buehler, obviously do so. Like, there are a lot of starting pitchers who went later on who were performing well. Even right. Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver's performing well now, yep. too. So if you've got some of these starting pitchers and you can kind of afford to take um, a patient approach right. with Walker Buehler, that's something I would do. But if you drafted him, <laughs> I have a 15-team league where I took him as my SP1. Yeah. My opinion is not looking good right now. Right, right. And the thing is, but you're right, though. You can't wait too long, even if you do have other guys, you know, performing well, because what if he does hit the IL? 
Then what? Then the, 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 the value plummets, you know? It's tough right now with Walker Buehler, Greg. Alex Verdugo, like I mentioned, pinch hit here and wound up obviously hitting that bomb, which was huge. And, and Cody, Be- Cody Bellinger, as Venture said, best player in the MLP <laughs> uh, at the moment with his 12 home runs, batting 424. He hit it off a lefty, too. Cody Chill. Bellinger hit the home run off Cole Hamels. He had four of his 12 home runs this year, Greg, are off left-handed pitching. I believe I read wow. something last night that said he only hit like six home runs off lefties all season last year. He's already got four. 12 overall. For I know I know it was against the left. I know Cole Havel started, so it's lefties. But like Cody Bellinger shouldn't be hitting sixth against anybody. I, I noticed yeah. that as well. <laughs> it's a joke. But it's just it's just like a Dave Roberts thing, you know. It's like a Dodgers thing. Like joke you know, is what it is. They're they're the smartest guys in the room, Greg. It's you know. Is it because no he, effect? He well, he batted David Freeze third. It's all about the lefty righty. Yeah, it's all lefty righty stuff. Like joke. Come on, Freeze. You know this is. This is what happens when you try and think too hard, Greg. Uh, you know, it's like... They lost doing? the game. What are you doing? So, yeah, it, it was Cody Bellinger last year at six home runs in 109 games, 186 at-bats against left-handed pitching. And so far this year, he's already got four home runs uh, against against left-handed pitching. And that comes in, obviously, only 14 games and 31 at-bats. So, huge improvements this year across the board mm-hmm. for Cody Bellinger. The Mets shut out, were shut out last night by the Phils. Vinny V! My man! <laughs> Five innings, three hits, walk three. We did strike out six, pitch 97 pitches. It's pretty well, Frankie. Yeah. Is he a must-own player right now, Greggy? I don't know about must-own. No. I don't know that far. You don't want to go that far, but no. I th- he's been getting it done, no? You know, he hasn't uh, allowed more than two runs in any start. He's not going deep into games. Go deep into game. You know that's, that's the problem. That's going to hamper him at times. If you're playing quality start leagues that obviously uh, – Diminishes his value a little bit. Who's he got next week? He walks. He walks too many guys at some point. He gets a lot of strikeouts. Detroit. So he goes into these deep counts and two st- two starts. Yeah, two start pitcher. Um, I'm not Mike? sure. He is. No, he pitches again. Okay. Well, he actually pitches April 30th at home against Detroit, and then he pitches again May 6th at St. Louis. So that's May after. 6th is Monday. Yeah, not yeah. a two star pitcher. Not a because <sighs> they have but a they have against, a five game week. That's why. Just against that's Detroit, why. Greg. You're using him there. Yes. And who do you got? Who do they got the week after that? Who do you got May sixth? St. Louis at St. Louis. Uh, Not using him. Don't love that. He's twenty seven percent owned on Yahoo. Should it be higher than that, Greg? Yeah, it should be close to forty percent. I think, right? I would agree with that. He's he only... hasn't allowed more than two runs in any start. He also has only hit six innings in so one the, start. So the week after that, it's Detroit and Kansas City. Or sorry, St. Louis and Kansas City. Let's go. The, oh, two start. All right, Vinny V, baby. <laughs> Only 14% oh, right. on some, uh, in ESPN. Some pretty interesting numbers, though. Oh, with no. Uh, no. He's got a 228 BABIP right now. I want to hear his XFIP. I know it's definitely really yeah, high. Because <laughs> you knew he's a fly ball pitcher. No. He hasn't given up enough home runs yet. And yeah. his, his strand rate is 96%. His uh, BABIP is 228. His ERA is 199. His XFIP is 424. Wow. Clear-cut signs that you, are not, you don't want to own him right now. No, but it's not all bad, though. It's not all bad, because I still think that he can be Case. a streamer in the right spots. I still mm. think that you can use him in the right spots. And, and, you know, his first couple of starts, he wasn't striking out many guys, but you see the strikeouts come back a little bit more here, Greg, in this start. He has the six strikeouts and five innings pitched. So mm. it's, I don't want to just completely, you know, poo-poo Vince Velasquez, but yeah. he's got he's to get better in some respects. You know, he's, he's got to walk less guys. Um Thus far, he's done a good job of limiting the home runs. Uh, but, you know, 
the hits are going to start to come. He's not just he's not going to pitch to a two twenty eight BABIP. Yeah, and his left on base percentage, his strand rate is ninety six percent for his career. He's seventy two percent. Right, that xFIP difference between his current ERA and xFIP is crazy. But his his <laughs> FIP is three nine five. You know, if he could give you a sub four ERA for a guy that you know. You just picked up, and you're going to use in the right matchups. You're going to stream yeah, him. He'll give stream you a, for two stars. A strikeout per inning in whatever five, maybe six innings pitched. He's all right. You just have to have realistic expectations for him. He's never he's never going to be the guy that we thought he was. Yeah. Unless well, he goes somewhere well, who's else. Who's the guy we thought he was? Whatever. Well, he was, you know, a couple of years ago. Right, like K's. People he, thought yeah. that he was going to be, you know, he had like a 15 or 16 strikeout performance. Yeah. He had a monster game. You know, back in 2016, he averaged over 10 strikeouts for nine. Over 131 innings pitched. So people so were hoping, like... People were hoping he was going to build off that and that he was going to get better. He had a 4-1-2 ERA that year, and his, he had a 3-6-7 XFIP. Right, right. So people were looking at that and saying, the strikeouts are here, the underlying numbers say that he's going to be better. I don't know that is, he's ever going to be this big player that we all thought he right. was going to be. because his whip is always ends up being high because... He was the main piece that got back in the Ken Giles trade. Mm-hmm. When they traded Ken Giles to Houston. Right, Vince Velasquez was the main piece that they got back. It's just I'd say I don't know that he's ever well, going to fulfill that. You know what's that Prospect pedigree. He wasn't the main piece. He was a piece. Oh, Mark Appel was the main yes, piece. Yes, that's right. And Mark yeah, Appel's yeah. not out of baseball. <laughs> there goes that. Or Mark. Um, that. I will say he's a lot more valuable in daily because you know if he does pitch four innings or five innings and gives you one run ball with eight Ks, it's valuable in a points league. It's better. He just for, doesn't he's pitch for enough. Yeah, it's that's, what, yeah. that's what I mean. He's better for Roto. I agree with you on that. Um, any concern? Blake Snell got bombed yesterday. What three and a third? Five hits. Three I think he runs, returned too soon. Two right? earned, two walks, three K. Only three sixty-five pitches. Did he return too soon? Yeah, well, it, you know, if they were going to pull him, if he struggled this early and only let him go sixty-five pitches, I mean, why didn't they just leave him on the IL for another round through yeah. the rotation? You know, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. All along, inside injury said, you know, this should take a little bit longer than what they're saying. It was a pretty minimal stint. He wasn't on the IL for long. And that's what the Rays were saying all along, that it was going to be a minimal stint. But a lot of other outlets, inside injuries, were saying, you know, this is probably closer to like a three-week absence. They should let him, you know, he- uh, rest up and heal up a little bit longer. I-, I agreed with them. I thought, no way should this just be 10 days, a minimal stint, like they were saying. But, yeah, and I'll stand by that. Hopefully he can build off it and bounce back because, you know, what he was doing before he got hurt, phenomenal. Right. But yesterday clearly was not himself. I would have never risked that. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. And it was against the Royals. Like it's not that great of an offense. No. By the way, Ryan Yarbrough was actually sent to Triple A uh, after this game, where he like got blown up runs. Yeah, he got rocked in his four and a third inning at work. Oh. Uh, Jake Junis, five innings, four hits, one run, two walks. He struck out six. He left this game with an injury. He thinks he'll be fine to make his next start. We'll see. Um, yeah, interested. I think Jun- I think Junis is what he is. Like, I have no issue with Junis. I think he's a spot starter. I think he's not unlike Vinny V. Who's your own, Junis or Vinny V? It's a fair question. I would, I would go with Junis personally. He's doing, he's doing a few things better this season. He's getting more swinging strikes. Last year, he was pitching more so to contact. Um, the underlying skills are pretty good for, for Junis. He's got a 5.57 ERA, but he's got a 3.77 XFIP. Strikeouts up a little bit this year, getting a lot more ground balls. He's using a, his slider a ton. He used a slider, you know, 39% last year. You thought that was a lot. It's up to 42% this year, and, and it's a pretty good slider. So mm-hmm. it's a close call. I think it's a fair question. But the fact that he pitches in Kaufman, I think slight lean to Jacob Jr. Yeah, I think he's a little safer. Zach Eflin or Vinny V? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I think Eflin. <laughs> I mean, I think it's got to be Eflin. Why? He has not done much yeah. in the last couple of starts. I know, but it just could be you know, a rough last couple of weeks for him. A couple of starts. I think he could easily bounce back. Whereas Vince Velasquez, I think, could head in the other direction. I think he's doing too well. Yeah, I'll take Eflin. But you hear it in my voice. I'm not happy about it. I don't love either one of them, to be honest. I know we were kind of, we were riding the hot hand with Zach Eflin early on in the season, but the past couple of starts have not been good. He's given up a home run in each of his past four starts. He gave up three home runs against Miami that was in Miami. He's given up uh, six home runs total over his last four starts. The strikeouts have gone down. The thing, the thing is, he does have better command than this. a Vince Velasquez. You know, he doesn't walk as many guys. But they both pitch in, in, in Citizens Bank Park. How about this, Greg? I'll take Jared Eikhoff over both of them. Uh, Greg doesn't like that. <laughs> I don't love it. The thing is, you shouldn't love any of the Phillies pitchers, to be honest. Unless you're chasing wins, but I don't, I don't think they're all that great. I just... Went into it on Vince Velasquez. How I don't think he's ever really going to live up to his his expectation, this this pedigree that he had, that everyone kind of the player that he thought he could be. I don't think he's going to live up to it. Zach Eflin. He was hyped going into the season. Zach Eflin's kind of to me becoming a jag. Yeah, I agree with that. Guy. I perfectly agree with that. And then, you know, Jared Eikhoff. We had Nick Pollock on the other day. He was he was pretty. He's pretty effusive of him. Pretty, he's pretty, pretty excited, uh, excited about him, and he, he's doing some good things so far this year. I mean, it's very small sample. He's pitched one game in relief, and he's had one start. But I'll, I'll take the shot on Eikhoff, The I guess the unknown. We, I'll take the shot on Pavetta in the minor league. Oh, screw it. I'll just take Vinny. <laughs> all right, we're all over the place. Last Florida <laughs> tomorrow. He'll he'll say Eflin. Uh, <laughs> Whit Merrifield hit his third ball, uh, fourth ball in the year yesterday, and your boy Adalberto Mondesi hit his fourth. Three, 283 average still for Mondesi, so pretty good. Killing it right now. Killing it right now. The St. Louis Cardinals beat the Brewers 5-2 as Wayno, six innings, one run, three strikeouts. Should Wayno be owned more than he is, Frank? Um, probably. He's, he's performed quite well to... Uh... To start the year, and it, it was against the Brewers. Uh, his last start out against the Mets, he was not good. Yeah, but, I'm not. You know, three of his last four starts, he's given you quality starts. Against the Brewers yesterday, six innings, one run. Against the Reds on April 13th, six innings, two runs. The, the, the start before that against the Padres, six innings, one run, nine strikeouts. He's, I mean, he's in the same conversation as all these other guys that we're kind of talking about. It's like, you know, Junis... Uh, Pav- no, not Pavetta. Dunis, uh, Vince Velasquez, Eflin. Like, you stream these guys in the right matchups, I guess. But this wasn't the right matchup. Exactly. Like, you would have missed out on the start anyway yeah. against the Brewers. Like, overall, I, you know, what I'm trying to get at is I don't love any of them. Yeah. You, you, you might be able to stream some of these guys. Uh, again, if Adam Wainwright's facing the Pirates because they're in the division. You know, that's, that's an offense I like to pick on. I like yeah. using pitchers against, against the Pirates. But I, read- I used Merrill Kelly yesterday. He performed well. So they're all kind of in the same conversation. Junis and Velasquez and Eflin and, and Wainwright. They're kind of like but, these fringy starting pitchers who maybe they're worth owning in the, the right matchup. But yeah. overall, but I don't think they have any Velasquez, you know, crazy long-term value. 
But that's the thing. Velasquez, I think, has more long-term value, and Eflin has more long-term value than a Wainwright. Wainwright's at the end of his career. He's turning into James Shields right now, like basically at the end of his career. He's going to be an innings eater, just throwing. He doesn't K that many people, and he's not going to most he, of the he's year. He's giving you quality stars three of his last four. That's what I mean. He's going to be like more of an innings eater. James he Shields, might pitch two hundred James Shields. Oh, well, James Shields. Current James Shields is out of baseball. Is a fossil. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's different. But remember when James Shields, when he he was a great pitcher at one point. And then he went made this transition to just like an innings eater type of guy. Wayne Murray's always a lot better than James Shields. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But I'm saying when Shields went to the latter part of his career, true. he became more of an innings eater. The Ks went away, and he just became this guy that just pitches 200 innings, but, you know, doesn't do that great. That's what I think Wainwright is going to be don't play, at the don't end of his play, career. Don't downplay James Shields. Shields was really good. James Shields in his prime was He was really, really good. He was not prime. really good. In his prime? No. Yes. Yes, no. he was. 2011, a 2.82 ERA, Greg. In 249 innings pitched. It was a, it's, a, it's a great year. It was a 2012, 3.52 ERA. The next season, 3.15. The next season, 3.21. He's good. Yeah, that's not like, give me a, it's not great. I mean, you'll take that right now. Of course I will. <laughs> no, he's not Wayne right By the, by the way, uh, either guy never struck out. In this out series, the Cardinals made Christian Yelich go over, over the series. Christian Yelich. It's the end of the show. Wow. That's it, we're done. That was quick. Draft night tonight. Yeah. What do you think of Jeff's taking? What are they, they going to do? Um, I think they take either Quinn and Williams or Josh Allen. The Giants, no Daniel Jones no matter what. Yes, That's please. It. That's, That's it. all we want. Tomorrow, Florio Friday, Jim Day as well. We hope. <laughs>